You're listening to The Bunker New York, live on Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick. We are here live in Detroit, where we're going to be pretty much all summer. Uh, special guest today is Danny Lehman, who's going to be DJing for the whole show with a break in the middle for an interview. So very excited to hear from her. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be here for the next two hours. You're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio.
listening to Red Bull Radio. Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. I'm your host, Brian Kasnick, and we've been in the mix here with Danny Lehman. We're actually in the studio in Detroit for the summer. Uh, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you for joining yeah. me as well. <laughs> That was amazing. Um, <laughs> so uh, we, despite you living in New York, we'd actually never met. And when <laughs> I went well, went to do some background research, almost all I could find was your bio <laughs> on SoundCloud, which said, I like techno, forget the rest. <laughs> um, is there a reason you don't, you don't like you have a lot of mixes, you play all the time. Is there a reason you don't have much information out there? Is that intentional? Um, I mean, kind of. I um, I started out like a lot of like the beginning of my DJ career playing like a lot of house music and I moved all over the place. So to put it in like a really long bio and explain to everyone, I feel like everyone gets really bored, you know, and not too many people read it. Um, There's a lot of boring DJ bios <laughs> out there for sure. Most of them actually. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to like avoid that and just kind of let the music speak for itself. Um, and yeah, I mean, I really wanted just the music not so much you know about me i mean i'm here i do my thing you know yeah but. well let's talk a little bit about your trajectory because you've um you've moved all over the place in the last 10 years really and you yeah. uh, why don't we start by talking about how you started out in philadelphia yeah i mean i was kind of a baby when i started playing i was 17 when i got my first gig um i started playing regularly um at this place called 114 and then was picked up by my friend lance blaze who brought me to a bunch of warehouse parties and started you know booking me and pushing me there um from there uh when i was 21 i started um, playing in new york it was my first time ever playing in new york and then i moved to new york um, and spent a lot of time there. I was a resident DJ at Sullivan Room. I played at Pasha's Yellow all over the place. Um, and uh, a couple years after moving to New York, I was kind of starting to get booked in Miami. So, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to take a chance um, to go full time with music. So I moved to Miami and was going back and forth between New York, Miami. And then I was playing like all over like Denver, um, LA, Las Vegas. And, um, and then Miami wasn't, Exactly, it never really felt like home, so I moved back to New York. Um, why? Why am I to back up a little? Why Miami? Because as a techno DJ, a lot of people would think like, "What Miami?" Yeah. Like this. I is mean, at the time that I moved the first time, I was definitely way more like houseier, you know. Um, but I, you know, was loving like the harder stuff and everything. So I wanted to like move back and kind of um, pursue that in New York, and you know, kind of be influenced by like the heavier stuff and be around it more, you know. And so when I moved back to New York, I linked up uh, with my friend uh, Juan Cortez and, you know, we were very uh, much, you know, in a partnership with Aphotic and, you know, kind of wanted to take a chance and bring some other stuff, um, you know, to New York and, and give some New York DJs a little bit more of like a spotlight that, you know, might not have gotten that. Um, so that was like kind of my project when I moved back and uh, Aphotic was like a beautiful platform for me because it allowed me to really, you know, expand and open um, the harder stuff that I had always had a passion for, you know, like most of my life I've been told I play too hard and blah, 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 whatever. But this like really kind of let me kind of spread my wings a bit and like kind of really come into my sound and I feel like I kind of like became myself with that project um, and then through that I got picked up by Dirty Epic um, and they started bringing me out to a bunch of their parties in LA and you know Detroit for movement and things like that we linked up with them and through um, collaboration parties with Aphotic and Dirty Epic 
in New York. Um, and then, I don't know, New York was never like super, super warm to me. So uh, I decided, you know, I had, a, I had a couple opportunities to go and play, you know, at Space in Miami. So I, you know, kind of took that chance and moved back down there. And I wanted to kind of try to push techno in Miami to kind of like build it like how, you know, we had um, built up, you know, a little something with Aphotic in New York. Um, and it was just really, really tough. There's so many politics down there and everything. Um, so I gave it about a year, a year and a half. And then, um, you know, I just decided to go like really hard with like techno and move to Detroit because I felt like there was not going to be any reins or any boxes that I had to fit in or anything. And I could just play without like with gloves were off. You know what I mean? Right. So how did you first come like before you moved here? How did you what was your introduction to Detroit? Well, movement for sure. Um, I started coming to movement and I think 2010 was my first movement. And then um, my first booking here was 2014. Um, and there was uh, this company that um, had taken interest in me. They had heard a bunch of my SoundCloud and stuff like that. And they booked me to play with Deep Chord Echo Space. And at that same year, um, Andrew from Dirty Epic had brought me on to play the closing party at the works. And then after that, it just kind of started almost steamrolling you know I started getting bookings here like pretty regularly you know every couple months and every time I came here I just fell in love with the city more and more um there's so much history here there's so much passion here there's a lot of people that like really you know believe in the cause and not so much themselves I mean obviously that happens in every city but there's a lot more people that are a lot more collaborative here and that's something that um really kind of spoke to me you know I, I'm all about collaboration you know so so a photo in to go back to what you were saying about New York, that was a lot of information. <laughs> um, that was that was a party you started. Yeah, I mean, well, I had been booked on the second event for it, and then Juan and I had sat down and had a conversation. We both kind of saw eye to eye. I wanted to get involved in throwing parties. I wanted to like add to the scene and contribute. And he was looking for someone that was like dedicated and like would understand the space because it was a unique space and um, respect the venue and things like that. And what was the venue you were using in New York? Uh, four hundred seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, we started collaborating. There was four of us on the project at the time. It ended up going down to two of us, um, just the two of us. And then when I was living in Miami, I was still kind of working remote and like contributing and adding. And um, so for the summer after I left, Miami, I was working strictly on, you know, building that brand up even more with Juan, but then I started traveling a lot more and then it just became too hard to do from, you know, a remote perspective, so. Yeah, it can be hard to make things happen from far away. Yeah. Um, so aside from the music, do you have other reasons you wanted to move from New York to Detroit? Because I know for a lot of, like I've had a lot of friends and seen people making this move um, what what inspired you to do this? A lot. <laughs> well, I'll start with um, I could finally afford a studio. You know what I mean? To build my own studio. Um, cost of living is just so much better. Uh, when you take that financial pressure off, you have a lot more. Um, you have a lot more freedom and flexibility for your creativity to flow. You're not so stifled. Um, I wanted to, uh, like I said, collaborate a lot more with people. Um, and just kind of be around more like-minded people that were just as passionate about the scene. I feel like Miami is a lot more about status. New York is, uh, 
it's it's expensive and you know people um how do I say this politely? <laughs> I mean, you don't have to necessarily be polite here. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I feel like New Yorkers are a little bit with their nose up in the air when it comes to the music. They tend to be more train spotting than like letting go and like enjoying the music. Like LA, like loves the music. They dance. New York, they kind of stand around and and things like that. So I got kind of like burnt out on the status and the nose in the air, and I just wanted like raw, real passion about music, you know. So. So now that you're here in Detroit, I, I think you told me you were playing about once a month. Like, what, mm-hmm. what, what parties and venues are you playing? Are you playing? What are your favorite spots? Favorite crews to work with? Um, well, unfortunately, my my favorite crew that I was working with uh, was Grenadier, and unfortunately, they got closed down. Um, it was a huge, like, almost warehouse type venue. Um, I uh, play a decent amount for Blank Code. They're very open to me and, and very welcoming to me. Um, I've had a couple of gigs with them. Um, I mean, both crews have been, you know, super, super supportive and very welcoming to me here. So. Um, and are you? Do you plan to get involved in doing any of your own events here, the way you did in New York? Or are you really just trying to focus on? the DJ side of things? Well, initially, I wanted to, for sure, absolutely. And I was working with Kristen from Grenadier um, on building, you know, a special project with her. But unfortunately, it got cut short. But at the same time, it's almost kind of like a blessing because now I have that flexibility to, like, not focus on events and I can do what I really, really wanted to do. And that's, like, focus on my music production and, and creating, you know, soundscapes and stuff like that. So... So you've mentioned your studio and production a couple times. Are you, is that something you're trying to shift some of your energy into that now? And has being in Detroit, how has that helped that process? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's definitely somewhere where I want to spend a lot more time and focus. Um, it's always hard to, though, to balance production and a full-time job and traveling for gigs and things like that um but yeah i mean it's definitely uh the focus going forward um and and here too the cool thing is like i've definitely linked up and surrounded myself with a lot more people that are you know putting a really big focus on it so i'm learning a lot from people um definitely being influenced you know by um a bunch of people one of my best friends just moved from kansas city Un, and uh he's my roommate now and you know it's funny we have two studios in the house (laughs) so like I'll come home from work and he'll be like rocking out and I'll hear some really cool stuff and then I'll go into my room and I'll want to like you know try and like not necessarily copy but like you know just try something to like kind of sound like that but like his like dedication to the music has been like a a huge force for me to you know work harder and try harder and be more regimented and things like that so that's been a really awesome huge influence you know and is it easier i imagine it's easier to have a studio especially with noise restrictions (laughs) in detroit because i know a lot of my label artists and friends in new york very few people can afford a studio outside of their apartment when they live in New York and very few apartments in New York are really appropriate for (laughs) making noise. Has that, has that been easier living here? Oh my God, tremendously. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was like nearly impossible in New York to even try, you know, I always had issues with the neighbors, like always. So that was always challenging here. There's space between houses. There's basements that you can work in. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I have a I have a three bedroom house now instead of like, you know, a one bedroom converted apartment, you know. And do you feel like having that extra space has kind of 
affected your state of mind and oh, ability 100%. to yeah yeah i can like relax i don't like i feel like uh, i always describe new york as like very static you know and when i was younger it was awesome it was so exciting like i i encourage anyone who wants to live there to go there and experience it i would never tell anyone not to but for me after so many years of being there it just became so static and stifling that um you know coming home and trying to work on it was just affecting a lot of things so and you mentioned like balancing time when you're working on production how have you found just the balance of your life living in detroit between work and music and various projects has that improved for you oh 100 100 um it's it's nice to be a little bit removed i live just outside the city now um so i'm not like in the heart of like everyone being like oh come here let's do this let's do that you know um i can kind of you know delegate my time and and be a little bit more strict on myself for getting things done you know and while i do have a lot of friends here i don't have as many as i had in new york and miami so it's nice to have a little bit more breathing room and a lot less distractions well, yeah, I think I found a thing about New York is that so many people have such tiny apartments that people don't really want to spend a lot yeah. of time at home. So everybody's always going out and trying to get people out. <laughs> and I think that's that's probably different in a lot of places where yeah. people actually want to spend time in their homes and probably good for creative projects. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, so you mentioned well, for a while you were working with an agent and now you're not what uh, what fa what factored into that decision um well it was actually quite a while ago like a couple years ago that i was um signed to an agency and it was a big one and they didn't exactly focus on like a lot of my needs and my desires for like a lot of things they kind of just got me gigs and then sent me off um and that's not always like the best thing when you're you know focused on um your trajectory and where you want to go and things like that um and it can pull you in a lot of different directions a bad gig can definitely like set your mindset into something different and and you know kind of throw you off your game a little bit so um especially as a girl too like when you're worrying about like gigs and things like that if they're not paying attention to the appropriate setting for you or the appropriate time slot and things like that it can be very challenging, you know, and your image too, you know, as a girl, it's something that I have to be like a little bit more conscious of, like, well, not so much now playing techno, but when I was playing more house, I, it was something that I had to be a little bit more conscious of. Like, were you worried that you were being booked for the wrong reasons? Yeah. Or people were. Yeah. 100%. And then it would, it would become clear when you got to the club. Yeah. And that, that became very uncomfortable. So I, um, I decided to actually, um, fire my agent and I went off on my own. Um, and uh, one of the one of the assistants there actually left the agency and came to work with me um, for about a year and a half. And he was amazing and, you know, really believed in, in me and my vision and what I wanted to do. Um, but then he got burnt out. So then it was just me on my own for a little while. And at the same time like that, that happened, I was kind of uh, letting go of all the house and just saying, you know what, screw this. I'm going like I'm going to play how I want to play. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to try and like conform to this box. I'm going to, you know, I'm just gonna really like let go and and everything. And when you play for your from your heart, I assume that's what we heard in the first half of the show, and are gonna hear more of in the second <laughs> half. It's it's obviously not house music. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not. Um, yeah, I, I like the harder stuff, so I was just kind of like just getting started. <laughs> and some of what we were talking, we talked on the phone last night, and we were talking about um, 
how, again, to get back to the balance of work and music, how you have a day job that mm -hmm. you work that has, if you want to talk about a little bit, the, for, the freedoms that that's afforded you creatively as well. I think it's a really interesting subject. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we kind of talked about like what it was like, you know, DJing full time and, and uh, kind of forcing yourself into creativity versus like balancing out, you know, um, having something that is stable, sustainable, that also uh, allows you to, you know, go away on the weekends and, and do what you need to do. Um, I mean, when I was full time, I, w I felt like I was forcing myself a lot, you know, um, I got really lucky here. I got a job as an executive assistant. So, um, you know, I'm able to like clock out when I'm done. My boss is amazing. He lets me, you know, travel when I need to. He gives me the time off. I'm, I'm really honestly knock on wood. I'm really lucky for the job that I have now. Um, but when I get home, like I'm like craving it. Like I bring my laptop to work for like my lunch break. So like I'll throw my headphones on and I, I'm, you know, excited to like get back into things. You know what I mean? Like I'm excited to dive headfirst into music when I get the chance, you know, it makes me crave it. It makes me want it. And it's a, it's a really healthy balance, you know, versus like being worried about, you know, is this gig going to give me money? Is this, you know, I, I'm excited about traveling here, but I really need the money. So I need this deposit. You know, you're not worried about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think it's interesting that a lot of creative people and artists seem to actually, you wouldn't think it, but they, in my experience, people seem to do their best work when they're really busy. They have some day job and they're actually not depending on the art that they create supporting them yeah. financially and then ultimately that those seem to be the situations where it does end up supporting you because people really come up with something great and more personal. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. Um, so man, I think that's about all the ground we wanted mm -hmm. to cover. Yeah. Is there anything, are there any gigs or projects moving for you? You told me you had a lot of gigs coming up this summer. Anything you're yeah. particularly excited <laughs> about that you'd like to shout out? Oh my goodness. Um, I, I'm really excited. Uh, I start traveling um, next weekend and Next weekend, I'll be in uh, Omaha, Nebraska on um, Saturday night. I'm playing at Bar 415. After that, I'm playing in Chicago at a warehouse. It's my first time in Chicago, so I'm really, really excited. I've been dying to play in Chicago, so um, I'm playing like a nice uh, three-hour-long set, too, so it'll be like three to close, which is going to be... I'm so excited. Uh, then after that, um, I'll be in a warehouse in Minneapolis. After that, um, I'm playing for Dirty Epic in L.A. Um, and then after that... Um, I will be in Kansas City uh, the first or second weekend in August. So a lot coming up that I'm really, really excited about. Is there, I don't know much about the scene in Kansas City. What's happening there? Have you been before? <laughs> no, it's my first time actually. Um, actually, Drum Cell just recently played there. Um, they have a little collective down there called Kansas City Techno. Um, it's actually where my roommate is from. And uh, they have like brought DVS1 and a whole bunch of other people. It's small, but they like really, it's a really passionate like scene and crowd. And, you know, I believe in, um, I believe in the experience of, you know, really pushing anywhere you can, you know, so if they're into it, I'm all for it, you know, so. Absolutely. And it's honestly often those small, smaller scenes that you go and play for where they're the most enthusiastic and those oh, yeah. end up being the best gigs because they're completely not jaded yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
Um, so with that, it looks like we've got about 50 minutes left in the show. You're going to play us some more music? Yeah, totally. I'm down. Okay. So we're going to get back into the mix with Danny Lehman. We're here uh, at Red Bull Studios in Detroit, and you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Red Bull Radio. Thank you. 
Hello, you're listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Been in the mix with Danny Lehman. Just have a couple minutes left here. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we will be back in two weeks with the Paxahow crew, Chuck Flask and Dan Bain, also from Detroit. Actually, our next three shows are going to be from Detroit. So thanks for listening. You have been listening to The Bunker New York on Red Bull Radio. Mm-hmm.